Hey guys, welcome to the Speak Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Winley. I'm here today with Erica Hogan. Erica Hogan is the owner of New Attitude Performing Arts Center. She has two studios in South Carolina, one in South Carolina, one in Charlotte. She has three degrees, and I'll let her go ahead and tell you what those degrees are, because one of them is has a huge name. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm Erica, and I went to Winthrop University. I have a Bachelor of Arts in Dance Performance, a Bachelor of Science in Athletic Training, and a Master of Science in Health, Physical Education, Sport, and Human Performance, with an emphasis in kinesiology. And that one <laughs> is a mouthful. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm excited to have Erica uh, come and talk to us a little bit. We grew up a little bit together, seeing each other at summer camps and keeping in touch as the school years went on. And then as we graduated, uh, we both kind of went separate directions. It's kind of cool to see what she's been doing over the last few years. Well, I say few years, 15 or so years. She's got her studio. It's uh, more than a decade old, and she's grown to have two studios that are both South Carolina and North Carolina studios. So I'm super excited to hear her talk. She's gonna drop some good nuggets on us and give us information that she does because she's one of the people who strengthens her community. So Erica, is there anything that you have to say or anything you'd like to start off with before we get going? <laughs> Just, I hope that when we get through this, um, my big thing that I tell everybody is, people always ask me, how did I get to where I am or what I'm doing at uh -huh. the end of the day, follow your dreams, lay out a path, a plan, have contingency plans A through F, and through don't F. be afraid to fail or fall down one, two, three, four, 12 times. Um, if it's meant for you to get there, you'll be there. And that's my big tip that I really tell everybody. Nice, we'll come back to that, I love it. So let's talk about these studios. So you have two studios. I know owning one studio and even owning one business of operation can be a handful. Right, so you've owned the studio for over a decade, which is amazing accomplishment. What was your first job coming out of college? What, what did that look like? Okay, fun story. I opened the studio while I was in college. So <laughs> that kind of was my job. But um, as you know, most businesses open, opening up, you don't open up and you're rolling in profits. So right, right. while I, the first few years of running the studio, I actually had several other jobs. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at a theme park. I worked at Carowinds. I choreographed and managed the shows there. I worked on a food truck. <laughs> I worked um at the panther stadium yeah. i was also working at after school program at the time so i was holding down several other jobs for the first few years of yeah. the studio uh -huh. but um i definitely opened up while i was in college so that was always my passion all right so we're going to take a little bit and go through some of the jobs you did so what was it like working at the food trucks i know that's probably a little bit different than the performing arts you were used to <laughs> it was fun. Uh, yeah. Like I said, definitely, definitely different. Um, I was in the window of the truck. I was not cooking. Uh, okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I got to get my performance up in the window. And today we have chicken sliders. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still kind of performing at the same time. That's pretty cool. And yeah. Then, so Carowinds, that's interesting because I don't think a lot of people understand the work that goes behind Carowinds. Can you tell us a little bit about that? There are so, so many ins and outs and so many jobs that I think people will never really know about. Even just, I worked several departments. I worked in rides. I worked in the operations building, which is totally behind the scenes. And then I finally found my home in entertainment. And even just to put one show on, you've got your 
um, entertainment managers, your stage managers, your tech directors, all of your techs running around backstage, your dressers, your costumers. And that's even before you get to your performers oh, and wow. your choreographers and your sound guys. So there's so many moving pieces that make it all work. Was that a year round job then? Because Carowinds only open for seasons, which means if you got to do all that, that means there's, I'm assuming there's rehearsals and things that have to happen and hiring new cast members. What's that like? Yeah, it's year round now because now it's open for Winterfest and Scarewinds and mm -hmm. things. So when I did it, we had winters off. Um, so we had about three months off before I had to come back in. Yeah. And like you said, start audition process and start all of that. Um, it was really interesting. At one point, I was managing the ice show yeah. uh, with ice skaters. So I right. learned how to build ice rinks and how to drive a Zamboni and just things <laughs> that I never thought <laughs> I would learn. ever do. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And all right. So maybe we're a little bit further in the future, but you also worked on a boat at some point in time in your life. You were, uh, I guess, a performer on one of the shows on a on a cruise. Yeah, yeah, I got to dance with Royal Caribbean, uh -huh. um, which is nothing but fun. Who can complain about being in the Bahamas dancing? Yes. <laughs> nice. so and what's fun about that is I've actually gotten to take my dancers, some of my teen and senior dancers, um, they've gotten to perform with Royal Caribbean twice now. Oh, yeah. So, so that's pretty yeah. cool. So you formed some really cool connections that you've maintained since you left that, um, I guess, that job. Yeah, yeah. Nice, good stuff. All right, so we've gone through that. You've got a few jobs. You've are also opened up your studio. Now let's talk about the growth. What was the beginning like? I'm pretty sure you had some bumps and bruises along the way being young 20s opening a studio. And as you said, profits don't roll in when you open your business at the beginning. Yes, it was even hard to, to get the studio open. Um, I actually ended up having to open it without a bank loan. I mm -hmm. went to several banks and I remember one banker looked at me and he said at your age that I had no idea what I wanted to do. So people just, honestly didn't trust and even know that I knew. I mean, I went in, I had gone to small business development center. So I had business plans. I had the financials. I had the full, everything was tight the way it should be, but nobody would take me seriously um, with that. So, you know, we opened in a small one room studio. You opened the front door and you were in, in the in space. And that yeah. first year, I think we maybe had 30 students mm -hmm. that took a chance and it's just grown on from there to now we have well over 100, 160. Nice. So so how were you able to find that location that you used and where was it located? Um, it was in Rock Hill and it was driving around. At that time it was driving around, knocking on doors, seeing who had space available, what did I think I could afford at the time mm -hmm. and a little bit of prayer, some hope and it all came it together. All came together. All right, so now that we've got the studio, you've got a small space. How big was it, by the way? Uh, it was about 1,400 square feet. Uh, so it's 1,400 square feet just of open space? Yeah. And what about the floor? I had to purchase a floor. Oh, so you can't, as soon as you got your rent, you had to <laughs> go straight into purchasing a floor, and that's no small feet. All right, so you've got, yeah. you've, strapped your, you've strapped your shoes on, your boots are tied up, and you're like, let's get this going. <laughs> I got a studio. Now I have to purchase a floor. Uh, about how long did it take for all this stuff to come together in the beginning? Um, from planning to actually getting the doors open was about a year. Good stuff. Um, and that's just the tedious work, right? Because you said you wrote yeah. the paperwork, the financials down. That was putting the business plan together, getting the financials, finding a place, um, saving up. Once I realized that I wasn't going to get a loan, yep. you know, saving, begging, borrowing, piecing together, seeing what I could do, what I could oh, yeah. sell of my own personal things to kind of put it together to at least be able to open the doors. I knew if I could get the doors open, I could make it work. So you know what does not happen? 
if you build it, they don't come. So where <laughs> did they come from? <laughs> you had to go get Where them. did they come from? Yeah. Where did you pick um, them from? I... <laughs> I used, you know how when you're in college, you have um, X amount of printing that you can use like on your little, I don't know if you did, but yeah, it went yeah. there. We had X amount of printing. I, I don't know if I just say this. I printed flyers on my, yes. <laughs> and I drove around neighborhoods and I put flyers in mailboxes. I put them on car, wherever I went to restaurants, any mm -hmm. place that would let me put up a flyer. I put up a flyer and I sat in the studio day after day waiting for somebody. I think it was maybe a week and a half before the first student walked in the door. Yeah. To so did you um, did you start classes before you had students registered or were you hoping like I need to have students registered and then I'll start opening things up? Or were you, did you ever go at a time in which you're like, this is a time that I'm going to have class. If, even if I don't have anyone signed up, I'm going to be at the studio from this time and this time in case someone shows up. So I started with. Um the registration date. So I said, I will be at the studio from this day to this day. And so then the way I worked it was when you registered on the, this is paper registration. I didn't uh -huh. even have a computer software system yet. Yeah. And it said, check here for classes before five, check here for classes after five, uh -huh. circle your age group and circle the day yeah. that worked best for you. And then I kind of compiled a schedule after that. Then I snail mailed people out their schedule that said, Oh, you're two, your class will be Tuesdays at five 30. Mm -hmm. And did you work with a studio prior to this that had, how were you prepared to do all the stuff in the beginning of the studio process? Did you ask other dance studio owners? Did you have an organization of, of dance studio owners that you were able to refer to? Yeah, so I was really blessed at the studio that I grew up dancing. Um, let me start assistant teaching when I was in eighth grade. And then I got my own classes from ninth grade or from my whole high school career. Yeah. So I got teacher training from them and then they were available for phone calls the whole time. I remember I went to our studio manager's house and we sat down for probably five, six hours. She told me books to read and she was mm -hmm. giving me all the hints, tips, insider secrets to open. And then right. I've been in it my whole life. I started dancing when I was two. So I grew up in dance studios. Yeah. So alongside just, what you're learning at school, you're also getting this education from outside sources. You weren't just yes. sitting there in the classroom and saying, this is all I need to know. I can go run my business. Absolutely not. I still have mentors to this day. We, you cannot do anything alone. You always have to have somebody. There's somebody smarter than you. And everybody, you have to know that no matter what your field is, you find a mentor. Somebody yeah. knows more than you do. Yes, yeah, someone's going to give you some information regardless mm -hmm. of what level. They've been there before uh, and they've got some pieces of information to pass down. Exactly. All right. So now you've got this small studio. You got registration number one. All right. So what's next? What's after that? How's it go? Um, then we just it went from there. Like I said, I had um, <laughs> two other teachers who were friends of mine, okay. and thank goodness they mm -hmm. were friends because I was like, "Listen, guys, <laughs> what's payment looking like this month? I got a stick of gum, <laughs> and I have some hot dog buns." Who wants the gum? Who wants the hot dog buns? Because we're going to make this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they believed in me. They believed in the dream and the studio. Mm -hmm. And then that's how we that's how we made it work. Are they to be still honest. around? Yes. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Those One of them is still is still teaching with us. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. So those were you met them at Winthrop when you were in college. I met one in college, one at Carowinds, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool. And once you guys started going and you were like, all right, you're getting gum, you're getting hot dog buns, 
what did the rest look like? Because you couldn't always pay people in hot dog buns and gum. At some point in time, <laughs> you had to say, all right, we need new teachers. How much of the workload did you carry? How much did they carry? And when did you decide to hire teachers? I carried the majority for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and then it got to the point I knew if I wanted to grow the studio, I couldn't continue to do it all mm -hmm. and do it all well. Right. So I sit down again and say, okay, Erica, how do we make this work? Mm -hmm. So I had to put pedal to the metal again and go back out and advertise. And by this point, Facebook was advertising and things like that. And so we did some of that word of mouth. I started, you know, a referral program, refer a friend, you get $15 off tuition. Oh, bring a friend to dance week, bring your friends in, yeah. you get $15 off tuition. And so it just started building and building that way. And we grew pretty a, a lot the second year. I would say we almost doubled in size, yeah. if not more. So what were your Can hours you like? Nonstop. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the studio was open four days a week. Okay. Um, and we're after school hours from about four to 10-ish. Yeah. Kids left around 9.30, but of course there's work to do after that. Um, and then we, we every parade that we could be in, every nursing home performance, every whatever performance we could be at, we were there. Uh -huh. And So the hours were long, which is probably pretty brutal. Did you, have you, when you're 11 years in and you're still going, which means at some point in time, you found a way to manage that time. What did that look like when you said, all right, now I'm doing too much. I'm hiring people. Um, maybe I need to do a lot less still. Like, when, how did you start knocking off the, the list of, I guess, the hats you wore? How did you start handing your hats out to people? Yeah, it's funny. I still have a hard time with that. Um, my staff tells me all the time, they're like, Erica, stop. We can do it. And then um, actually at our last staff meeting, we had a, a conversation mm. and um, because uh, we talk about all the time how I think I have on the superhero cape. Yeah. And what do superheroes do when they come to town? They tear stuff up and then they leave. <laughs> how many buildings do they destroy? How many yes. cars do they smash? And then they leave. Yeah. And that's kind of what we do. We come like, uh, you're, the staff has it. They know what they're doing. Then we come in and we, because we have all these great ideas, right? We're visionaries yeah. when you own a business. Oh, yeah. And we're like, okay, now do this, 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 and this. And then we leave. Mm-hmm. And the staff was like, we just had a whole system worked out. So <laughs> it's kind of like they hate when I go off to conferences because then I come back and I'm just ideas. like, ah. oh, yeah. and then I go do something else. So it's, it's hard. And um, you have to learn that just because sometimes maybe it's not done your way doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. Um, you kind of set a standard. Mm -hmm. And as long as the people that you hire meet that standard, yeah, yeah. it's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and you also have to learn that you can't do everything because sometimes you spread yourself so thin that you don't even meet your own standard anymore. So and then <laughs> you start to learn that your time is valuable and important, too. Like mm -hmm. you have to have I had to learn that the studio had to be a part of my life, not my whole life. Right. Right. Because there's other things I want to do and accomplish in my life that I can't do if 24 seven is the studio. Yeah. So that means you hired people. What was the hiring process like? Tell me some of the qualities you were looking for in your uh, studio employees, uh, whether it's their dance background, personality traits, or any specific like pinpointed questions you asked that you were like, all right, if they answer this question in this direction, or if it goes the opposite, that's a no. Yeah, definitely. Um, first, a lot of it is the vibe that I felt when I walked in the door. Because we work with children, mm -hmm. if you automatically walk in and you're just I mean, you could just feel if you don't have an energy and a passion about you, you can't work with children. When you're working with kids, it's such a different 
it's a different element than when you're, if you work in a job where you're in a cubicle by yourself all day, you can have whatever attitude you want, nobody cares. <laughs> um, and also staff, they have to do a trial class because yeah. just because you're a great dancer doesn't mean that you're a great teacher. This is true. So that's a huge one as well. Yeah. And then um, you also, we have a 30 day trial, um, trial period as well, because so you have to everybody pass. comes in with their A game. Oh yeah. I need to know what you're like on when you have a bad day. Yeah. You're still going to come in with the energy that you need to teach a two-year-old. Oh, correct. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to handle our high schoolers when they come in and they have a bad day? There's a difference. A two-year-old's bad day and a 14-year-old's bad day, they're two different things. You have to know how to handle them both. Aren't they two different things? I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right, though. You do have to be able to handle both, especially if you're working with children. And so you work with children, which means you have the ability to empower kids to do great things, right? Like you could be the person that helps them move on to the next level to whatever they're trying to do, whether it's dance or whether it's in whatever industry they choose. What are some of the things you try to instill or you want your studios to instill in the kids that come across um, your studio? There's a, there's a lot of things and some of them seem minor on up. First of all, every dancer that walks in my door, I hello beautiful, I tell them all, I think all children, all little girls, beautiful, handsome, because that's just a confidence booster. And I don't think that sometimes we tell them that enough. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people don't grow up with that confidence. Right. Um, I tell them all if they can dance on a stage then they can conquer a boardroom totally. later. Yeah. If there's, and I tell them it's okay to fail in the dance studio. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's what we're here for. This is where you learn. Yes. And this is your safe space to learn these hard lessons, to learn how to take criticism, constructive criticism. You have to think in the dance studio, we live our lives in front of the mirror. We are literally living our lives, looking at our imperfections every day. Right. If we can handle that, we can go out into the world and there's nothing anybody can tell us now that's going to break us down mm. because that's we know true. who we are. And those are the kind of things that I try to instill in them that and that they're powerful and they're brave and they're strong. And I just, it's, it's awesome because we have, it's, it's a different kind of space. We have a teacher-student relationship, but because it's more open, it's also kind of like a big sister, little sister, brother relationship as well. So we get right. both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. And you get to talk to them, and they give they probably tell you stories and stuff that you're like. I remember there's a couple times there's some athletes I've had who came, and I didn't know I had such an impact on maybe one or two of them. And they came up, and they started telling me things. I'm like, oh, man. At some point in time, I clicked to them, like, they are following this mm -hmm. scenario. And um, you guys have that as well, I'm guessing, with dance. Can yeah, you and sometimes you say something that you don't even know, and then a kid will graduate and come back to you five years later and say, when you said that to me, and you're like, wow, I said that? That's <laughs> what something I would say. <laughs> you don't even know. So, yeah, yeah, words are powerful. So we try to use them. Do you have anybody that in your life is like you are to the people that or to the kids that you're empowering right now? Oh, for sure. For Talk sure. some of those people. Um, they would definitely be my dance teachers. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, you know, mm -hmm. um, there are. I still talk to my dance teachers. Yeah. Um, that I had growing up, I still go back and ask them for advice. And it's funny now, one of my main dance teachers comes to me for advice. She's like, the student has become the teacher. That's pretty. And cool. so we've got a great relationship now, and it's 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 just great to still be able to have that. Yeah. Because you know me my whole life, mm -hmm. pretty much. And she's seen your bottoms and your highs. Mm -hmm. Now that's really cool. So you mentioned 
getting the, we talked about getting that education outside of the traditional school system because you said you sat with your mentors, uh, they gave you books. Can you tell us a few of the books that you read, whether they were dance or whether they were, um, I don't any book that you had that would help someone to say, hey, try this, this will help you get to the next step. It can explain it way better than I can. Yeah, uh, there's actually a lot of um, big into reading. Um, the Compound Effect was mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. um, I also love creating magic. If anybody, I tell everybody, if you want to know how I run my studio, yeah. I say, what would Disney do? Anytime I have a question, I'm like, ah, what would Disney do? Because <laughs> Disney always seems to get it right. Don't they? So creating magic was um, a Disney one. Um, uh, was it finding your tribe, creating your tribe, something like that? And then um, when it came to when I actually had the business, uh, move your bus. Ron Clark wrote that one was a great one for me too when it was coming down to delegating and things and asking about that. So those are some of the top ones yep. that I would recommend. Uh, we, I was someone suggested the book E Myth to me, and that one really mm -hmm. helped with the idea of delegation. And I've read a couple of other books about that, and that's something as most I guess most business owners have that issue. If you go into the business world thinking that immediately you're going to delegate, you probably get kicked in the face a little bit harder than others. But if you're like I'm going to do this work, you get to the spot, and now you have to learn to give this work that you work so hard for to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, is there anything specific? As you mentioned before, when we started, you said at the end of this, I want people to understand my, their passion and this. Can you go ahead back into that statement that you said and give us a little bit more information about that? Don't be afraid to follow your dream. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of people that told me that dance was not going to be a real career. Oh, you're so smart. Why don't you become a doctor? I applied to med school. I got into med school. Uh -huh. And then I was, it just did, it didn't feel right. Right. So I probably could have been a doctor, would have made money, sure, but I would not have been soul fulfilled. And it sounds so cliche. Mm -hmm. um, find your passion and, and then you don't have to work. I don't feel like I'm going to work every day. There, there are some days where I'm like, ugh. Right. But 98% of the time, I'm happy to go to work. I'm having a great time. So you've got to find what you're passionate about and do that. Um, and it might change. You might, don't be afraid to change careers as long as your bills get paid. But <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have a change of plans. You might get to college and it, it, it might change. Make sure that if you go to college, what you want to do you requires you to go to college. Be smart about that. Student loans are a real thing. They are um, a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're a real thing. And that's, I mean, you have to sit with yourself on that because I feel like when you're growing up, especially those, those high school years, everybody's telling you which direction yeah. to go in. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has a path for your life. Yeah, your yeah. life. Your life. Was there, was there anything in high school that you learned and you said that you had to unlearn that you you specifically think remember thinking that, oh my goodness, in high school this is what they taught me. I'm pretty sure at this point in my life that's not true. Was there anything like that that you found or anything in high school that you learned and you said, Well, it's kind of true, it needs a little more to be added to it. There was a lot that I didn't learn in high school that right. I wish I had. Yeah. I, I wish high school has more life things like I didn't learn anything about taxes. I didn't learn anything about, you know, just life skills. But I can tell you the Pythagorean theorem why I don't use you that. Still, I still don't. have it memorized, don't you? Yeah. And please excuse my dear. I'm a dance teacher. I count to eight. I don't, <laughs> I don't need those other things. But yeah. simple things like that, like how to life 
insurance. How do you like those kind of things would have been, I feel more helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, same in college. Once you find your career field, that's why I love grad school. I always say for me, grad school is the easiest thing I ever did because all the classes are in your field. Yeah. What am I still taking all these extra classes for in college? That's what we did in high school. Yeah, so yeah. That's my thoughts don't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be offended on that one. I think that's some pretty good information. There are a lot of things in high school when you go back, you're like, well, I might not be using it. I'm not using this, but there are some things I wish I could have had before. I think the taxes one is huge. Um, mm-hmm. Even though people don't, not everyone else is writing payroll one, I think, is that people should understand payroll as a whole. That the, mm-hmm. the, you know, like I'm pretty sure you understand it, um, and maybe your employees may understand it, but maybe not. But they're being paid to do the work that's there. It's not like you just have money sitting so they can just show up and do work, right? You mm-hmm. still have to recognize that it's still coming out of somebody's pocket or somebody's um, surplus of in, of money that may be used for another project, right? So yeah, um, and I wish when I wish which is why I love having a studio too. Because we're a place where kids can still be free. Mm-hmm. Kids get in school. Like if you watch a three-year-old on a playground that hasn't been to school yet, that kid has turned into a dragon, a butterfly, a prince, and a rocket ship all in a five-minute time frame. And uh-huh. they get to school and they sit at their desk and they write and like they lose that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere along the way, we we we're conformed and we lose some of that freedom that we have in that studio. We kind of let them do that. Mm-hmm. And so I taught That's kind of cool. for, I'm getting that um, I taught dance for a couple of years, and one of the things I saw when I got into the dance studio was when um, they would sit down and they would stretch and they do the butterfly. And I thought this is one of the coolest things. And and there's a couple of things they did. What color is your butterfly? Mm-hmm. And then they're flapping their butterfly, and one little girl would say pink, and they would say, "Well, I wanted pink. Well, you can still be pink, dear." Mm-hmm. And then the next question. Where are you going? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. I'm, that's one of the things. I have some, a couple little kids here, but the boys don't get that as much when we're doing it. But a lot of times, every now and then, the girl will say, I'm a little butterfly. I'll say, okay, you're a little butterfly. <laughs> My daughter does it too. She's four. She took gymnastics. It's the same thing. And so when we play around and she sees me warming up in the gym, she's like, Daddy, what kind of butterfly are you? <laughs> I still answer and I still play the game. <laughs> you have to. That's like yeah. we had a little girl tell us that her favorite color, color was glitter. And one of the older kids tried to tell her that glitter was not a color. I was like, I, I, it absolutely is a color. <laughs> glitter is her favorite color. Glitter is a, a color, color today. It's my favorite color too, sweetheart. Right, right. So <laughs> <laughs> she just inspired change just by declaring glitter a color, right? Like, <laughs> don't chop it up, right? That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, was it, we're going to kind of come to a close. Is there anything you'd like to add? to the conversation we've had so far? No, I think, I mean, you hit all my values on that. Like, be creative, live in that creativity. Don't let anybody censor you yeah. and be well, strong. Well, I really appreciate you coming and talking with us. Thank you guys for watching the Speak Strength podcast. We hope you guys have a wonderful day. Actually, before we go, is there anything, like any contact information you would like to give or a website? Yeah, our website is newattitudepac.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, New Attitude Performing Arts Center. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming and talking with us on the Speak Strength Podcast. Thank you guys for listening uh, and watching. We hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I'll see you guys next time.